This is the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. Ever wish you could re-listen to your favorite interview or segment? Do you enjoy hearing older shows for the first time in years? Then the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less is just what you need. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. Today's show comes from March the 9th, 2010. It is the podcast that almost never was a podcast. Lo and behold, it is now a podcast twice. It is a competition rib roundtable with John Patty and Dan Hickson. Let's get right to it. Here is Greg with John and Dan from March the 9th, 2010. Uh, he, he knows. I, I th- I th- we're very close to getting him back on board, I think, Dan. I think so. Wow. I think you're walking him through it. Yeah, this could be the worst thing ever. For some reason, I feel that this is probably one of the only shows that's never going to actually make it up on the podcast. <laughs> of course. It's uh, the one I'm on. Of course. So um, so no exotic ribs. Um, really don't have any time to talk about some of the other uh, things. So let's get right into the uh, the pre-cooking things. Is it spares or baby backs for you, Dan? Oh, it's spares. Spares all the way. Uh, have you ever tooled around with uh, with the baby backs for competition, or is it has always been spare ribs for you? You know, I've practiced with baby backs, and and um, you know, thought about cooking them for um, MBN contests. I've only done two of those, where I hear you pretty much have to go with a baby back. But um, I haven't been able to get them right. Um, the spares have always come out good for me, and that's what I've been using. All right, and for competition purposes, how many racks are you typically cooking? Uh, usually four. Um, when I started, I started out using four racks, and I've just stayed with that. Um, you don't want too many choices. You know, if you cook too many racks of ribs, um, you can run late on your turn-in window just trying to pick and choose. So I usually stick with four. What kind of a process do you have in regards to trimming these up? Trim, well, St. Right. Louis. Yeah, I want to take um, the tail off. I skin them. Um, I don't take much of the fat off the top. Um, and trim them down to where you're going to get a, you want to get all that cartilage off the side of them. That's pretty much what I do for trimming. And you do, you do take the membrane off. Absolutely. Off the backside. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that wouldn't uh, be good for judges. John, are, are you back in John? Yeah, that's a no. Yeah, he, he's here. Hold on. <laughs> Doesn't sound like John. <laughs> Step your game up. That's the other half. Hey, John, are you with me, buddy? Yeah. Okay. Are, are, we, uh, are we fully aware of what I was saying before? How you were listening to the show, but you were getting the delay feed there? Yes. All right. Now we're back on top. Um, so we're going to have to kind of slide you right into the middle of things here uh, for you. Uh, and again, this is uh, joining us fully now. Uh, John Patty from JP Custom Smoke, 2009 uh, category winner in ribs uh, for Kansas City Barbecue Society. Is it spares or baby bags for you, John? Spares all the way. All the way. And are you? how many are you typically cooking during a competition? How many racks? Uh, we'll do four. And what's your trimming process? Oh, get rid of that membrane first. And I guess the easiest way to explain this for maybe a listener is when you're looking at the top side of the meat, I look for a grease line or a fat line and trim right down that knuckle and try to make them nice and pretty. So you're doing the uh, what they call the St. Louis style spare ribs. That's correct. All right, uh, we'll go back to uh, to Dan Hickson here. Uh, do you use a 
different kind of rub for your ribs versus the pork butts? No, they're both None the same. John, they're both the same for you? Both the same. All right, Dan, what about you? They weren't always the same. We had started using our rub on ribs, and it did really well, and our pork wasn't doing so well. Um, and I thought, hey, they're both pork. Might as well try a rub on the pork, and that's what we went with all last year. Uh, scores have really improved, so it's the same right now. And how far in advance of putting these onto the cooker are you rubbing the ribs down? And we'll start with uh, John. Oh, I'm usually six hours ahead. Midnight, rub the ribs, rub the pork. And you've never run into a particular point where the, the ribs have kind of turned hammy on you with that far of a rub, a rub advance rub? Didn't tell on me this year. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Dan? Sorry. I don't know. Right now, I'm thinking of putting my rub on at midnight. But uh, no, <laughs> what I've been doing is, um, I'd, I'd say about 20 minutes before they go in the cooker, what I like to see is I want to see the rub kind of melt into the meat, um, turn into almost a liquid, uh, and that's when you load them in. All right. And uh, does anybody let the ribs come up to a, a warmer, I, I don't want to say room temperature, but you know, do you set them out on purpose to kind of get them a little bit warmer than straight out of the cooler before you uh, actually put them on the cooker and rub and all that stuff? And we'll start with Dan there. Not really. I mean, there's so many contest competitions and the temperature is never the same. So um, I, I take them out whenever I feel I need to get the rub to set in, like I said, 20, 30 minutes and uh, into the cooker they go. What about you, John? I like to let, set mine out Hour, hour and a half. That's coming straight out of the uh, ice chest. And you start your uh, your rub process there? No, I start the rub process oh, that's at right. midnight. That's right, midnight. That's right. I'm the, sorry about that. Go to the ice chest and start to rib about 7 o'clock in the morning and set them out about 5.30. All right, so for the bigger cuts, obviously, uh, this question would never necessarily seem out of line, but... Perhaps with ribs, this might seem a little blasphemous or uh, left field-like, but any of you guys brine or have you tried to inject your ribs for competition? And we'll start with Dan there. Um, I'm not doing it currently. Um, I did actually marinate um, with uh, fab and apple juice a couple years back, and we didn't get bad scores, uh, but since we've moved away from that, our scores have actually got better. What about you, John? you brining or you injecting ribs? No. Neither. Just rubbing. Ever tried it? No. Does it seem kind of crazy in your estimation? To me, it does. I've heard of people doing it, but uh, a little too too much flavor, I guess. Talking with uh, John Patty from JP Custom Smoke and Dan Hickson from Three Eyes Barbecue Competition Cooking Team. Um, I know we're kind of rushed here through the first section, but any other preparation items that you do that I haven't asked you guys about yet? And we'll start with John. I don't know. I missed Rob's. What's he do? He said it was very top secret, and he's not giving that information out unless you were on the line. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. <laughs> Dan, what about you? Any uh, Anything that uh, you you do that we haven't discussed here up front? I don't think so. I mean, just in general, I like to keep ribs simple. You know, I, I don't like to do a lot of things to them. Um, so it's really just trimming, uh, putting the rub on, and getting them in the cooker, um, keeping it simple. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break here. I'm going to try and actually add the third member of our uh, illustrious panel team that is 
uh, taking a little while to form up here, but I think we're in good shape. So you two, uh, I'm actually going to hang up on you guys, and I'm going to call you back, hopefully with Robert McGee as well. So uh, I'm going to disconnect with you guys. Stand right by here for the break. To put in your request for a future show, please contact John Solberg via email at john, J-O-N, at the bbqcentralshow.com. Hey, before we kick off the second segment, I got a question for you. Are you following the Barbecue Central show on social media? It is easy to do and much appreciated. Whatever your favorite platform is, you can go to BBQ Central show on Instagram or at BBQ Central show on Facebook and Twitter. Again, very much appreciated. Give the big show a follow. That said, let's jump right into the second segment today. Joining me is John Patty from JP Custom Smoke and Dan Hickson of Three Eyes Barbecue. No luck on Robert McGee uh, bringing him up uh, for this portion of the show. So, uh, guys, appreciate you sticking with me. And uh, we look forward to a better uh, two-thirds of the, the second half of the show here. Uh, let's move ahead into the cooking section. Uh, we have everything ribbed up and uh, ribbed up, rubbed up and trimmed and all that good stuff. Uh, so, uh, oh, you know what, uh, John, I meant to ask you, what are you, uh, what are you cooking on? I custom built my own pit last winter. Is it a, a JP custom smoker? It's a JP custom smoker sitting on a Jambo pit trailer. Ooh. The pit resembles a Jambo pit a whole lot. How does it cook? Uh, five grand champions <laughs> last year, so I can't complain. <laughs> there you go. All right, so uh, John, uh, we'll go ahead and start with you. What kind of uh, wood are you using for smoke flavor and for fire? I run all straight pecan and Royal Oak 50-50 blend, probably. You ever toyed around with other woods at all, or has it always been pecan for you? Oh, I've tried it all. Pecan just seems to be settle and workforce a couple times, so we stuck with it. What about you, Dan? I use a mix of hickory and cherry. Ever tried anything else that you found was uh, was not working very well and decided to switch away from I tried a bunch of wood. Um, I tried anything from apple to um, white oak, red oak. Um, it, I don't know if anything was bad or if it was more that I just liked the hickory and, and cherry better. Um, so I stuck with that. All right. What uh, temperature do you guys like to keep your pits at when you're cooking the ribs? And uh, we'll start with John. Oh, about 265, 270. Dan? I'm much lower than that. Somewhere around 220 to 230 is my range. So, John, let me ask you, if you're 265, I guess, technically speaking, and I know competition barbecue is a little bit different than uh, what people would technically classify as barbecue temperatures in their backyard due to uh, time constraints and turn-ins and all that good stuff. I mean, did you cook at a lower temp- uh, temperature at, at some point uh, in previous competitions and found that the higher temperature works for you? Is it just a matter of trying to get things done quicker? What's the idea behind, the, I guess, the, the higher temperature? Well, the last cook we did a few weeks ago in Great Bend, we went low and slow. That's the first time we've been skunked in five years. So, <laughs> if that says anything, I'll never go low and slow again. Is it? A, is it? A, does you find that it adds a a better texture or something that you're looking for in particular that the low temperature doesn't? I actually think it gives me more flavor and better color. Yeah, never thought about going higher. You know, I think it's really dependent upon your pit. Um, I noticed a difference between uh, cooking ribs in a WSM and the uh, the backwoods. 
And uh, when I have cooked on a friend of mine's stick burner, um, the ribs took about eight hours to cook. Um, so I, I think it really depends on your on your cooker. Uh, for the backwoods, no, I'm happy with that temperature. All right, so at some point during the cook, are you – and I want to kind of – these questions don't don't go any farther ahead than the actual question itself. But at some point during the cook, are you foiling your ribs? And we'll start with Dan. Yes. When is that point? Are you looking for color? Uh, is it just a time thing for you? How do you figure it? That's a tougher one. Um, it's towards the end of the cook, obviously. But as far as the exact time period um, – I don't really know. It must be a mixture of, of how they look and how they feel um, before I foil them. And it's it's at a different point every cook. What about you, John? I foil within three hours every cook. Are you looking, is it just time for you or are you also looking for uh, like a color? I've had some other competitors on with this show saying that, you know, they're looking for a color first before they put it in the foil. That doesn't have anything to do for you? Color is most important, but normally it, everything kicks off around three hours. Does anybody follow a three-two-one method? That seems to be a pretty popular method out there on the internet forums. Not, Not me. me. Okay, good. And in unison, very good. <laughs> Both of you owe me a Coca-Cola, ice cold, uh, preferably. Uh, are you adding anything to the foil prior to closing it up? And of course. Why I asked this is if you watch the TLC Barbecue Pitmasters, evidently um, Johnny Trigg has stock in parquet margarine uh, as well as some of the other people. Uh, you guys adding uh, globs and globs of parquet or honey or brown sugar or anything like that? And we'll start with Dan. Yes. To what? Just about everything you said. <laughs> uh, is that something that you have evolved into or has that always been your, uh, your part and parcel? I am always evolving. Um I change about one thing every competition. Um, so, yeah, I've definitely evolved into that, and I'm sure um, you know, by next competition I'll be evolving towards something else. What about you, John? No butter. No way. A little brown sugar, maybe a little honey. Butter's out. Butter's out, butter's out because a lot of people are using butter and you're trying to set yourself apart? Uh, I think with the wood and the charcoal, you get enough flavor. You don't need that butter. <laughs> All right. How long are you keeping the ribs wrapped then after you uh, you wrap them up, John? Uh, total cooks four and a half, around two sixty five. And Dan, the question was how long are they wrapped? Greg? Yeah, once you wrap them up, how long do you you keep them wrapped for a specific period of time? Then after that, like I said, mine mine varies as far as the wrap, but I've had them wrapped as long as two hours and as short of a time as twenty minutes. Twenty minutes. All right. In your professional opinion, when do you know that your ribs are done? Or you look for that, uh, everybody says you pick that rack up from the middle and you see that crack going down the center in the meat. And is that when you tell all the ribs are done? How do you know? Is it just a time thing? What's your, uh, what's your poison? And we'll start with John. I never know. I'm just getting lucky. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's always a guess for you? No, actually, I there's I look for a hairline crack, and actually, to explain that maybe to a listener, it's just a hairline in between your bone, and if there's a crack and there's a, it's a real defined line, and that's what I go for. Sometimes I hit it, sometimes I miss it. Is the bigger the crack mean, the more you've overshot what you're looking for, or does that not have anything to do with it? A big crack means she's way overdone, yeah. brother. What about you, Dan? I uh, use um, two methods. One is the bend test. You, know, you pick it up with tongs somewhere in the middle, yep. 
And I guess that's where I see the crack um, start to form. And that's really feel. And as a backup, I also use a toothpick uh, between the bones and the meat. Now, that's hard to explain, but it's, I don't know, what you're looking for is a consistency of, um, you know, maybe warm butter through with the toothpick. Now, it seems with the evolution of all these great technical gadgets, you have these automatic pit temperature control devices and these remote thermometers that allow you to get sleep and all this other stuff, a multitask during the cook. I've heard of a few people actually sticking uh, thermal pens or other instant read meat thermometers in between the meat on the rack of rib to take an internal temperature of a rib. It seems patently ridiculous to me. However, I uh, have no idea what I'm talking about, so we'll go to the professionals for their opinion. Dan, ever tempt a rib? I have what I'm cooking at home, and um, I haven't really found a method that would, would find me the same product using the temperature. So for me, Ben test and toothpicks the way to go. Did you have a uh, target internal temperature you were shooting for? Well, I thought it would be similar to pork. I was thinking somewhere like 195 would be the way to go, um, but it, it's just not the same. What about you, John? Ever tempt a uh, rack of ribs? Uh, a few years back, I, I tried it. never did work for me, but uh, normally around 180, I was thinking a rib would be tender, but we you just have to go by sight and feel. Uh, certainly, you guys... Uh, you know, well-revered on the competition circuit with your success in the rib categories. I mean, you see what a lot of guys are doing. Do you know a lot of people that tap out ribs? John? No. Dan? You know, I've asked a lot of people a lot of questions, and I don't think I've ever asked anybody that, nor have I seen them do it. You're welcome. Now you can ask that question. It's a conversation start. It's an icebreaker <laughs> well, with the chicks. That's my repertoire. Yeah. You want to pick up chicks? Hey, you uh, temp your ribs? No problem. You're welcome. <laughs> Uh, anybody set a sauce or a glaze on the ribs prior to taking them off the cooker? Obviously, it shouldn't go without saying that you've removed them at least somewhat from the foil when you're doing this. But anybody setting a sauce or glaze before you take them off the cooker? And we'll start back with Dan. No, not before I take them off the cooker. I mean, I've tried various approaches, but um, really just sitting with sauce the last minute uh, is enough for me. What about you, John? You setting anything on there? No, we try to get them pulled and let them rest about a half hour, and then we'll go back on with no foil and a glaze for six, seven minutes maybe. Okay, yeah, I guess the follow-up question to that was when you actually take them off, um, are you leaving them wrapped in foil if, if you haven't unfoiled them, or are you resting them for a certain period of time? Obviously, John uh, just kind of answered that, but what about you, Dan? Are you looking for a specified rest time on these like you would for a pork butt or a, uh, a brisket? Not at all. Um I don't like ribs to rest at all. I think they lose some of their moisture. So for me, going directly from the uh, the cooker to uh, slicing them and into the box. Is there any other cooking items that we haven't covered here uh, during this portion of the show? And uh, we'll start with John. Well, I missed the first half of the show, I think, with this crazy computer, but <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> uh, John, or I'm sorry, uh, Dan, any other items? that you do during the cooking portion of the cook? Not anything I really do, but uh, with the equipment, I really believe a water cooker with a water pan uh, is the way to go at ribs. And um, I'm guessing John does not have that in his, but um, obviously it's worked good for him. All right, John, I'm trying to uh, locate my list of other questions here that we had uh, up front here. Hold on one second. Let me reach behind me. All right. I think we tried to plow through them. You were uh, cooking on your own. Uh, homemade cooker. Uh, oh, I guess a question you can answer here before we go to the second break. Have you ever, this doesn't have to necessarily relate to competition unless you've done it on purpose, but have you uh, trialed any type of exotic 
rib before in the past, like a uh, perhaps a lamb rib or a veal rib or anything like that? No, I have not. Something you're interested in? Uh... Steve, no, not really. Sounds Steve, like a no to me. <laughs> yeah, Steve, I've heard uh, Stephen Reichlin say that fish ribs are very good done on the uh, on the barbecue as well. Fish ribs. Are they succulent fish ribs? How do you Ben test fish ribs? Really? Is he making a funny? Anyway, hey, if you enjoyed this show, there's a lot more to it. Head over to thebbqcentralshow.com. Head to the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show archive. And it will be in the show notes for you. While you're there, as always, I'm going to ask that you subscribe to the Barbecue Central Show via podcast. Never miss an episode of this show or the really big Barbecue Central Show again. Until next time on the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less, I'm your host, John Solberg. I look forward to talking to you again soon.